Welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. I'm Ludmila, founder and CEO of Rampic, a B2B digital marketing agency. We help tech founders get the most of their marketing effort and promote their stories to our audience. We believe that every tech founder has a unique story and their business needs attention. Stick around till the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can become our next guest in 15 to 20 minutes. Hello and welcome to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. This is the space where tech founders and leaders share their unconventional visions and uh, stories. Today, I'm here with Paige, Paige Arthur-Fenn, the founder and CEO of Mavens and Mag Magles, Moguls, of Mavens and Moguls, which is mavensandmogulsholmanword.com. Paige, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. Uh, Paige, in your career, you've had, you've been through like a fascinating journey of working with venture-backed uh, companies. You had wonderful exits under your belt. You've been the C-level executive uh, of like, and you know a lot of B2B. So to kick things off, uh, could you please share a few highlights or maybe like significant experiences that shaped your perspective on marketing and branding? Sure. So I actually started my career right after getting my MBA. I started my marketing career in big corporate jobs. I worked at Procter & Gamble and Coca-Cola. They're two of the you know, best consumer products companies in the world. I think Coca-Cola is sold in over 200 countries around the world. So I really had the foundation of marketing early in my career with very big brands, big budgets. Um, you know, these are brands that can afford to sponsor the Olympics and run ads in the Super Bowl. You know, that, that's a kind of unique experience, but it's an awesome foundation for really learning the basics of marketing really well. Procter & Gamble um, basically uh, invented the concept of brand management so you really learn how to run your business. Uh, you know, every every category that P&G competes in, they are number one and sometimes number one and number two. And they have many brands that are billion dollar brands. I mean, they have Tide, Pressed, Pampers, uh, Oil of Olay, Pantene, very recognizable brands. So that was the first chapter of my career. But when the internet started taking off, I really got bitten by the dot-com bug. And I was watching all these technology companies raise millions of dollars. And I just got enamored with the whole internet craze. And I quit my big corporate job and ran to the West Coast. I was working at Coke in Atlanta and I just beelined to the West Coast and joined a, a startup as the head of marketing in the music and entertainment space. And we had both a B2B, wow. B2B and B2C uh, component. And we went public in 1999 and then we were sold to Yahoo. So that was great. And then my husband got a job in Boston. So we moved to the East Coast and we had both gone to school here. He had been an undergraduate, I had been a graduate student. And we both like Boston, so we moved back to the East Coast and I joined another startup um, as the head of marketing 
and it was a B2B business. Um, and we ended up getting sold to Bertelsmann, uh, the largest privately held media company in the world, uh, about a year and a half or so later. And then I did another startup as the head of marketing, um, which no one had ever heard of when I started. Uh, it's called Zipcar. And now it's kind of a global brand and it went public and it was sold to Avis. So I call them my three base hits, but each one of those chapters was really awesome, fun, interesting, but very different marketing challenges, doing corporate marketing, startup marketing, and now as an entrepreneur working with all different size businesses to help them get their stories out there. Wow, that's that's incredible. That's such a journey. Paige, this is awesome. Um, you mentioned like the startup story, and I know that my audience, they are more like the tech founders of different stages. Some of them are startups, some of them are growing companies. Can you shed some light uh, about like the best timing or probably stage when you should consider uh, scaling your marketing or maybe even think about branding like from your from your experience from your career yeah as i always say it's rarely too early to start thinking about it and it can often be too late um i'm a real that's a great fan. way to put it yeah. yeah but you know my bias is obviously i believe in the power of marketing and i think all businesses regardless of size uh, category, industry, vertical. I, I really think, you know, the tagline of my company is because marketing matters. And I really believe that marketing is the difference between being the best kept secret and being a brand that people know and love and kind of vote with their wallets and pocketbooks. So if you want to break through the noise and stand out from your competition, You've got to build a brand because if you're a commodity, you're only going to compete on price and that is a losing battle. So, you know, having worked with venture back startups and I uh, on the inside and now working with a lot of VC backed early stage companies, I think it's really important to make sure you have a solid foundation. You need a logo, you need a tagline, you need it. You need to, to stand out from the competition. And, you know, the analogy I always use is, you know, it's like when you're building a house, people like want to talk about the third floor master suite. But before you can get to the third floor, you've got to have a solid foundation, a really good first floor, a stable second floor. And then you get to build the dream master suite. You don't start there. That's kind of the cherry on the Sunday. So for, you know, when I was in business school, my marketing professor used to say, marketing is everything and everything is marketing. And I used to roll my <laughs> eyes and I would laugh at him. I'd say, "What? that's so funny. But now that I've been doing it for decades, I think he was absolutely right. Because when you think about the businesses that really thrive, that have lasted through the Great Recession, that lasted through COVID, that are now really doing well in a post-pandemic world, they're the brands that own real estate in their customers' brains. So when you need a product or service that they can help you with, you think of those brands first. 
They own that real estate. They put a stake in the ground and they they stand for something very specific. And it's usually one or two key messages. You can't stand for everything. You don't want to dilute your message. A lot of people say, you know, we do A, B, C, D. You know, we have 10 things we're great at. I can't remember 10 things. Like, I, I'm not going to think of you for 10 things, but I want to know when do I think of you first and really make sure that you own that real estate in your customer's brain. That's that. that that's a great advice. And thank you so much. Um, that I also know and then like when when you uh are saying that like when somebody says marketing some of the tech founders are like oh my god uh and <laughs> some of them have been burned some of them don't believe in the power of marketing but what would be your best take uh, for like uh the growing company who is trying to build that function uh when uh when is the right time to hire uh do they need an agency do they need the marketing director or like at least like a swiss Army knife marketing person first so uh i know that you've seen a lot of uh startups and a lot of growing companies or you know, different stages what would be your uh like the dream um way or the optimal way to build out the marketing function and strengthen it so i don't think there's any one path to success i think you can do it from from kind of the bottom up or the top down those three startups that i that i joined as the head of marketing um when i came in they didn't have a head of marketing some of them only had very junior tactical people that could execute but they didn't really have the strategy and so you can bring in that person or you can hire a partner a firm like ours to come in and be kind of a virtual chief marketing officer and be the voice of the customer and help kind of plant those seeds and set the, the strategy and the messages and then direct the team at the junior level to execute. But then at least you know that there is a consistent strategy and theme that's overriding. I think the problem that a lot of tech businesses run into is they may have one or multiple junior marketing people who know how to execute. They know how to do social media, let's say, but there's no overarching brand or strategy. So in fact, their message on Facebook is very different than the message on Instagram or, or LinkedIn. And what happens is you're confusing your customer because they don't know which version of the brand you, you dilute your message unless there's a cohesive brand and strategy and a hierarchy of the messages to your primary, secondary, tertiary audiences that all kind of loop in together. So I think another thing you really um, have to be aware of, and I think we saw a lot of this over the last three or so years with COVID, if you don't exist online, you don't exist. So people think that like, you know, I'm not really a brand, I'm not famous, I'm not Taylor Swift, I'm not LeBron James, you know, I don't really, I'm not really a brand, I'm just not that important. I totally disagree. 
I think everyone today is a brand. And these tech <laughs> founders and CEOs, you're a brand, I'm a brand. And you have to, if you don't brand yourself, the market will brand you instead. So you want to control your narrative. Point. You want to make sure that that you stand for very specific um, messages in your in your target audience's brain, because again, if you don't own it, somebody else will, and you're going to miss out on that. So you know, so personal branding is as important as the company branding right now. I think for those CEOs that are running businesses. You know, you might not think that you're uh, a brand, but like think of Elon Musk without Tesla. They're completely connected. Jeff Bezos and Amazon are completely connected. If you're the founder of a of a business, um, people are going to associate you. It doesn't need to have your name on the door. Those companies are not named for the CEO and founder, my company is not named Paige and her friends. The brand is Mavens and Moguls. But when people see me, they're immediately thinking about my brand. So you have to be consistent and you have to live your brand every day with every touch point. You know, I, t I tell the CEOs that we work with, um, you know, if people run into you at the grocery store, on the soccer field, at a holiday party, you need to look consistent with your brand. You know, if, if you know, you're very messy and you drive an old beat up car, that's very hard to have a very buttoned up professional image online if you don't look that way when people see you in person. And you can't be one person on Facebook and a different person on LinkedIn. That doesn't really work today. You want all your, your platforms, you want all the, the touch points to really be consistent and tie in together. And you want those core messages to be like the same, uh, you know, if whether people meet you personally or professionally or on vacation or at a board meeting, you want the same core values to come through, the same messages to come through. So don't dilute your brand and don't, uh, don't pretend like, you know, you're not important enough to be the brand that you represent because in your customer's mind, you are that brand. And, um, you need to live it every day. And I just can't uh, kind of tell you enough that I've just seen so many examples of, of people that don't take it seriously. And I really do think it dilutes their message. And it, you know, a brand is a promise that every time that you buy that product or service, you're going to get a consistent experience. I mean, imagine if every time you walked into a Starbucks, it had a different decor and they had a different menu. It would be very confusing. They wouldn't all uh, sync up together. Um, and, you know, I just, I feel like with, with Apple products, you know, you know, 
whether or not you're uh, when you're dealing with a retail experience or an online customer service or in a store customer service, buying an Apple product is different than buying other technology products. Every it is, touch it is point. True. Yeah. And so you really need to embrace a holistic uh, mentality to establish a consistent brand. Uh, talking about consistency, like cohesiveness, right, of uh, how you build your your brand, your online persona, um, Mavens and Moguls, uh, your, your firm, do you work with the founders to help them out with that point? Or how, how can you support a growing company with your expertise? Because obviously a lot of companies just simply need it. Right. So, you know, it is not a seat of the pants decision. And again, I started my marketing career at Procter & Gamble. P&G is an incredibly data-driven organization. And the way I was trained is everything starts with market research and data and what your customer thinks. It's not what you think. It's not what I think. It's what does the target audience think? What, what are they buying? what's working, what's not working, what competitors already own real estate in the brain of the target audience and what landscape is available for somebody else to own. So one of the first things we do with our clients is we ask, we, we talk to customers, we talk to current customers, uh, lost customers, prospective customers, and we ask them, what do you think of this brand? What do they do well? What do they not do well? Who's doing it better? Like it all comes back to the data because it's really not, you do want to connect with your customer on an emotional level, but there's a lot more science than art. Like you really do need, and you have to ask the questions in a very objective way because market research is only as good as the way that uh, you structure the data. If, if you um, are asking questions in a way that leads the witness, you're not gonna get very good feedback. I always say garbage in, garbage out. Like you've <laughs> really got to, um, to be, uh, you know, I, I've had clients come to me and say, I don't understand why we're not selling more of our product or service. Everyone we talk to loves the business, but yet nobody's buying it. What's the problem? And so I'll say, tell me who's loving it. How do you know they love it? And with a dead serious face, the founder will say, I talked to my mother, my neighbor, my best friend. And I'm like, I hate to be a, a, Debbie Downer, but those people are not your target audience and they love you. They don't want to tell you the baby's ugly. They don't want to hurt your feelings. You're not getting any, that is not research. Research is when you talk to people that either buy or recommend or refer your business and, um, and then you, uh, you ask them in a, in a very uh, clear way so that the feedback is 
actionable. The data is something you can actually act on. And a simple thing you can ask, again, there's a primary, secondary, and tertiary audience. You know, with a lot of companies, you have to sell the CFO because they're the watching the budget. You have to sell the head of procurement because maybe they get a vote on, you know, what products and services are coming in. It's not just the vice president or the marketing department or the CEO. Maybe the board needs a vote. So you have to know all the people that influence the buying decision and how you're going to reach them and educate them. You know, they, they look at different media. They may, some of them, uh, you know, might uh, want to find out things at a conference or a trade show. Some of them are going to be reading trade magazines. Some of them are going to be listening to uh, broadcast either television or radio. So you need to make sure that you've got the right message going to the right audience at the right time. And, and it's this, not. And this sorry. is yeah. And this is the foundation that you guys, uh, with your team, help to build out. Bingo. Can you tell me a little bit more about uh, about your brand? Uh, like, if uh, if I am to work with you as the uh, uh, tech founder, what would be the best way to approach you? What would you need from me uh, to be uh, able to see if you can help? So you know, the best clients for us are ones that um, can articulate um, what where they see their biggest disconnect. What's really interesting that I find is people approach us and say, I've got a marketing problem. And my first question is always, explain to me how you know you have a marketing problem. Because some people have a pricing problem. Some people have a strategy problem. Some people have a messaging problem. Some people have a packaging problem. There are a lot of different things that fall under the marketing umbrella. So, you know, you have to kind of take a step back and figure out, and maybe you don't know, and maybe that's the first uh, kind of line of defense is we go out and canvas different people to find out. It's interesting, we were hired by a VC-backed tech company who said, we don't have a marketing department. Um, we don't believe in marketing, but um, we've got these new products coming out and we just want to make sure we're going to, you know, come out of the block strong. So I said to the CEO, can I talk to people in the company and let's just, let me get a baseline of where we are. So he gave me about maybe a dozen or so names of people in different departments. And it was like red flashing signs going off. Every single department I met with had a different version of their business card. They Some used an old logo, some used a new logo. Some of the business cards were in blue, other ones were in green. Um, I mean, it was an absolute disaster and it turned out each of those departments were developing their own messages. Um, wow. 
So in a brochure that was developed by sales, they had multiple selling points that were not being used by the finance or accounting department when they were talking to their audiences. So it was wow. a complete disaster. Uh, and this is and this is something that you guys can help fixing, right? Absolutely. Wow. Um, because page. you want to make amazing. sure everybody's on the same page and you all need the same kind of, it all needs to be grounded in the same uh, strategy, the same messages. And there might be a different order of messages if you're talking to the finance guy versus the sales guy, but all of those messages need to sync up. And you know, you've got breadcrumbs that you're following that are going down a path to close the sale. But if, wow. if you're, if you're confusing your, your audiences, it's going to be very hard to uh, create a sales cycle because you're not building trust, you're building confusion. So that, Paige, that is like is, a big red flag. This is, uh, this is a great, series of advice actually uh, thank you so much for being that open and sharing that much uh mavensandmoguls.com mavensandmoguls.com and uh this is Paige Aaron Fern the CEO and founder of the company the real branding and marketing expert who like my audience will definitely love you because <laughs> the like these 20 minutes you shared a ton of experience uh, a ton of advice and what i personally being also a marketing person uh like about it and cherish and value this is all so actionable Paige, thank you so much thank you for being our guest in the show well, appreciate you been, appreciate your business so thank that's you so much it's been a lot of fun chatting with you today <laughs> thank you so much Paige and a firm uh mavens and moguls all one word.com find page there find page on linkedin keep in touch and thank you so much for listening thank you and goodbye Ludmilla here. Thanks so much for listening to B2B Tech Founders Lounge podcast. If you are a B2B Tech founder who would like to be on the show, visit podcast.rampic.agency. If you've got something from this interview that you would like to share, please go ahead and post a link to this episode on social media. Just grab a link, send it to a friend. If you know someone who will be a great guest on the show, tag them in your post. So let them know about the show and include our podcast name, which is B2B Tech Founders Lounge, in your post. I love seeing your post and guest suggestions. We are adding new episodes frequently, so make sure you subscribe to the podcast. This means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Visit us at Rampic Agency website or follow me on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.